Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. You know, today I, I've got some just random thoughts today. I don't know, maybe it's a, a message. I don't know. We'll see what it is. It's, it's, I have some things here that have kind of been stirring on my heart. Go over to Exodus, the 33rd chapter. I just want to look at some things and um, uh, just some examples in the Bible. I know that God's Word is, is, is our example, right? The things we see here are, are a, uh, an example for us for things to believe for, things to expect, right? To, to open our eyes to what's possible. In Exodus, the 33rd chapter, you've got uh, one of the many accounts of Moses um, uh, ministering to the Lord and going before the Lord. And in the 18th verse, it says, um, and he said, please show me your glory. I'm reminded instantly of the scripture, you have not because you ask not. You know, I'll say this, if your interaction with the Lord has been less than satisfying, go back to what you're asking, Ben. If our, if our asking is low, then our receiving is low. You don't have if you don't ask, right? If you don't seek, you don't find. I mean, there's no finding if you're not looking for something. I've never found a single thing I wasn't looking for, right? You have to look for something in order to find it, right? But here in uh, uh, Exodus, uh, Moses, why did God use Moses? This was Moses' heart. He said, he said, please show me your glory. Then he said, I'll make all my goodness. This was God passing, or God speaking. He said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to, uh, uh, to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see my face and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock, and, it's, and, so, and so shall it be while my glory passes by, that I will put, put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I'll take away my hand and let you see my, my back, but, you shall, but my face shall not be seen. You know, we think, well, that's kind of a bummer. He didn't get to see the face of God. He, how many getting to see the back of God is pretty cool, right? I mean, you know, that, that, that would be a day to remember. That would be a day to write down in your journal, to write down, to mark on your calendar. And, and if, if you remember the first day, who remembers the first day the man landed on the moon? Who remembers that? Some of the more seasoned folks. I don't remember that. I wasn't here quite then. But there's other things I remember very well, right? I remember when Reagan got shot. I remember, uh, I remember when the Challenger. Unfortunately, a lot of times it's bad things we remember, right? But I remember I remember the first time Florida State won a national championship. Woo, glory. And uh, uh, I remember there's certain things that you remember. This would definitely be the top of your list. And a lot of times they go, oh, well, you know, he didn't get to see all of God. just got to see, you know, the back of God. That's pretty amazing. In the uh, uh, 34th chapter, uh, yeah, in the 29th verse, in case you were wondering if this experience had a little effect or had much of an effect on Moses, in uh, Exodus, the 34th chapter, in the 29th verse, it says, uh, this was after this, says, so now it was so when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand when he was there, the, the tablets were, uh, God created the tab, made the tablets, uh, they were in Moses' hand when he came down from the mountain, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. So he's seeing the backside of God, and he wasn't even aware of the fact that that encounter changed, not, it didn't just change his perspective, it actually changed his appearance. He looked different, Right? So when Aaron and all the children, verse 30, so when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, uh, uh, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. It was so striking that it kind of creeped everybody else out because they didn't have this experience. They, they were afraid. Do you think this was, this was kind of a monumental moment in Moses' life? Yeah? But, you know, it all started with uh, he, had an, he had a request of God. He, he had a desire in his heart. He requested something of the Lord, Right? What did he say in verse 18 in the 33rd chapter? He said, please, Lord, or please show me your glory. Uh, I was just like, wrote down some different things. You go to 2 Chronicles, the uh, fifth chapter, 2 Chronicles chapter 5. I want to stir you up tonight. And by the way, wasn't this morning good? And the pastor got the preach on him. Got the chair-destroying anointing on him. 
You know, it's, you know, it's got to be God when he's getting the chairs dirty. You know, it's, uh, and Pastor Angela didn't kill him. If you weren't here this morning, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. But 2 Chronicles, the fifth chapter, verse 11, we've read these before. And it came to pass when the priests came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping their, to their divisions. I mean, we don't need to keep to divisions, right? There should be no divisions between us. And the Levites who were, who were, who were the singers and all, the, all those of Asaph and the other guys stood at the east end of the altar clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps. And within 120 priests sounding with trumpets, indeed it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord, that when they lifted up their voice that with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments and music and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with a cloud. So that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, because, or for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Now, we, we, this was written down. How many know this wasn't just recorded just for us to think, well, wasn't that cool? Wasn't that just a cool thing that happened? I mean, wasn't that amazing that they did this in the glory? The glory of God filled the house to the extent, it said that they did not want to stand. It said they could not stand to minister. What are you talking about? I'm just wanting you to think for a minute. Is it possible that sometimes our expectations of who God is and what he wants to do is a little bit lower than who he is and what he's done for others? And how many know what he's done for somebody else? He has the same desire to do for us today. Right here in High Springs, Florida, 32643. He's the same God of there as he is right now. But how many know lower expectation, you get lower experience? When your expectation is low, you get, you get less of an experience out of it. Now, I'm going to read a couple other things. I just want to say this. Somebody had said to me recently, you know, that it seems like we're getting too focused on experience. Let me know that you don't live by experiences. You're not seeking after experiences. But let me tell you this. There should be experiences to our walk with God. If our walk with God doesn't have any real experience attached to it, then we are missing the mark because he is not a dead God. He is a living God, right? And living things like to show themselves, it's dead things that aren't out in the open. It's living, when living, living things are present, right? And he is a very present help in time of trouble. He is always here, always ready to go, right? He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. He is, he is a moment's notice away. And so we ought to have the experience attached to a very real God who is present, right? We should have it. We should have those things. And while we're not living for the, for the experience, we're living for him, we ought to expect experience to go with being with him, right? We ought to expect there to be some experience attached to our relationship. Any relationship that has any substance affects your life. And it's not any relationship you have isn't a relationship on paper, right? Real relationships, the ones that change your life are the ones that affect your life. Do you think this, this encounter here affected the children of Israel? Yeah, I think it had, it, 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 it had an effect on them. That's true. Go over to Acts, the second chapter. I think Pastor may have read this last uh, couple weeks ago. Acts chapter 2. In the fir first verse, we all know this. It said, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all, they were all with one accord in one place. And, 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 I, and I just do want, also want to say this. This was after a, a, a period of them seeking God. This is after a period of them seeking God. You know, if we're going to have what God wants us to have, we're going to have to seek God. And it's going to be something that, that's a, that is, is uh, uh, not just something we do to mark off the calendar, but we're going after something, right? There's, there's purpose behind our pursuit. And there was purpose behind what they were doing. And it said when the day of Pentecost had fully come, when they had sought God, that uh, they were in one accord in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and they sat upon each of them. Now, Pastor talked about this a few weeks ago. And just picture this moment. Picture this moment. I was reading a book by somebody and they were ministering in another country and, and uh, the presence of God had moved in and, and uh, uh, just this mighty roar filled the whole place. And, and uh, he was thinking, man, this is, this is probably, you know, he, wants, he wanted to just, 
he didn't want to over-dramatize or sensationalize something. He started thinking, well, maybe we're near the airport. Maybe an airplane just buzzed, buzzed the place, you know? But it was an airplane. God had moved into the building, and there was a sound of a mighty wind rushing through the place. Do you think that had an impact on them? Tongues of fire descended upon them. Pretty cool, Pastor, talking about buildings or churches where the fire department was called, you know, because people saw fire on the building, right? Do you think that would have an impact on people? Do you think it was, do you think the people here, the, this, this 120 that were gathered, it started off the number was bigger. Do you think the ones who left early were maybe a little bummed out that they didn't stick it through, right? The ones who had things to go take care of, the ones that, you know, I got a field to plow, I got some dogs to feed, I got some things I got to do. Now, no matter how important those things were at the time, do you think if hindsight being 20, 20, do you think they would, they would go back in time and say, you know what, I'll, I'll not go feed the dog right now. Fido can take care of himself, right? And if Fido dies, so be it. I wanted to be in the room, right? I think it had an impact on them. Well, yeah, we know that, that thousands were born again as a result of this day, what happened. Go over to Acts, at the, uh, uh, Acts the um, uh, 26th chapter. Acts chapter 26. Now, this is Paul recounting his conversion and, and uh, when the Lord appeared to him on the road to Damascus. This is awesome. Verse 12, it says, while, while thus occupied as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, along the road I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun shining around me and those who journeyed with me. Now think about this for a second. This was the middle of the day. And this light shone on them that was brighter than the noonday sun. You ever looked at the sun very long? No, because you still see, Right? You can still see that we don't look at the sun. It's too bright to even look at. It was brighter than the sun. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? That's pretty amazing, isn't it? And as a result, it went on to say and said, and when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It goes on to, he goes on to give account of, of, of what happened, but Jesus appeared and it was brighter than the noonday sun and they all fell to the ground as a result of that. I just want you to think for a minute. What's your idea of the presence of God look like? When you think about God showing up, what, what, what comes to your mind? A few goosebumps? Singing a couple songs? How many know it's more than just that? I said it's more than just that. You're, you're in the 26th verse. You can go back to Acts chapter 4, I believe it is. I think that's where, uh, yeah, Acts chapter 4. This is after uh, Peter and, and um, John were arrested and let go. They went back and prayed for boldness. And this was God's response in verse 29. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants with all boldness and may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. When God showed up, the place where they assembled was shaken. The place where they assembled was shaken. Pretty, pretty amazing service, right? pretty amazing prayer meeting they had. I think they were all really happy that they were there, right? They were all satisfied, huh? Yeah, they asked for it. They were all pleased that they were there. Go over to uh, uh, Acts 16, Acts the 16th chapter. These are all things, uh, passages we know and accounts we know, but you know, these things are written for our encouragement as well and to stir up some expectation in our life of what God can do. In the 16th chapter, you have Paul and Silas here, right? And uh, 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 verse 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were, li were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great, great earthquake. So the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loosened. God showed up. They didn't just have a lighter moment. Light a lighter and wave it around. God showed up and shook the prison where they were. <laughs> Revelation chapter 1. Go over there and look at this. Revelation is the first chapter. Verse 
Praise God. Revelation 1. This is a recording of John when Jesus appeared to him. Verse 9, I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that's called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit of the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. What you, and what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches, which is in Asia, to Ephesus, to, Samar- to Smyrna, uh, Pergam- Pergamos, uh, Tyria, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Laodic- then I turned to see the voice that, had spoke, that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the middle of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a gold band, His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his hand seven stars. Now, these were not seven like paper cutout stars. These were seven stars that we see in the sky. Out of his mouth was a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, when, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, but he said, but he laid his right hand on me and saying to me, don't be afraid for I am the first and the last. Now this was another encounter with Jesus. This wasn't just a, a just like I said, a goosebump moment. This was, this was something that radically shook John. He fell before God. Why are you talking about all this stuff? We need to, we need to, to expect more from our times with God. We need to expect time for more than than what we've seen before. God wants us to be stirred up in our expectation, not looking for something specific, but looking for him to be him, right? And open to what God wants to do in our lives. You know, the Jesus we serve is not just a little, he is a loving Jesus, but he's also pretty amazing too. He's not just a lamb, he's also the risen king, right? He, He also is the first and the last, right? And, and with that, there comes, a bit of, there comes a bit about the presence of somebody like that that's got some glory and some awe in it. And God wants us to know that we shouldn't have to wait for heaven to experience a better reality of who he is. We don't have to have a, a lessened version down here. We don't have to be satisfied with a lessened version, a version of experiencing him than what we're going to get. We can begin to experience more. And so these are some things the Lord's just been kind of stirring in my heart, you know, to, 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 to believe for more, to be open for more, to, to ask for more, to expect more in, in, in my life personally, but also in our times when we come together, to be open for more of him. It's so important. Can I say this, that, that in general, the church today is a far cry from what God wants it to be. It's a a small representation, a shadow of what God desires it to be. He's not out of power. He's not out of, of, his presence hasn't waned. He's the ancient of days. He hasn't gotten old because he's ancient, that that God's glory has begun to diminish because he's he's starting to burn out. That's not what's happening. Listen, if, if the body of Christ, if his people won't contend for that, if they won't desire to know him and who he really is, it, it's not going to happen. If the body of Christ won't have a desire to really know him and be like Moses, show me your presence and have a heart that I want to see you. I want to know you. You know, this was made available to the children of Israel, but they shunned it. And they said, you go and talk to God and you tell him, you tell us what he says. It was available to all of them, but only one man saw it. What has been made available to us that some have seen, it's not on God's end. Some have seen it. The reason why we've not all seen it because we've not wanted it. Because we've really not desired it. And there's a lot of reasons why. There's a lot of things there. There's a lot of issues there that, that causes people to do that. But I mean, we ought, to, we ought to be willing to stir that up in our life. Amen. There's a couple things that, that uh, like I said, just some things I'd written down that have been on my heart and uh, some enemies to, to, to things that would try to keep us back from experiencing who God really is. God desires to show himself. 
I believe that the glory that, that God wants to reveal at the end of this age is, is better and brighter than the glory at the beginning of this age. I believe he wants to do more. I don't believe he wants to go out with a whimper. I believe he wants to go out with a bang, right? I believe he wants to show, go out showing himself strong, even in a greater way than he did in the book of Acts, right? Somebody's got to want that as well. We're partners with him. We're co-laborers together with Christ. He can, the head can do nothing without the body. And the head can want to do something, but if the body won't, isn't willing to go there, it's not going to happen. And I know you might say, well, this is just, uh, you know, a few of us here in High Springs. We can start something. We can have it right where we are. You know, I think sometimes we think because of location and number that we think that we're somehow limited on what God can do. 120 contended. 120 contended. Even though others left, 120, 120 contended and God showed up. One man contended and God showed up. Moses contended, not born again, didn't, didn't have the spirit of God living on the inside, was a mess at times. He contended and God answered him. What will he do for us? What, what does he desire to do for us? Now, I know we've heard a lot of this kind of, who's heard these kind of things before? Who ever heard these kind of things before? How many of you just because you've heard them before but not seen it doesn't mean it's still not God's will? If, he's put, if it's in here, we can have it. If we will pay the price and go where we need to go to have it, we can have those things. Right? We can have those things. We can have those things. You're, 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 go to Acts chapter 2. Acts the second chapter. We read earlier when, when the, the, the Holy Spirit was poured out. Acts the second chapter. Verse 2, or chapter 2, verse 16. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in these last days. Notice he said, it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. Everybody say that. It shall come to pass. God is a faith God. He's still saying today, it shall come to pass. He's looking for somebody who will say, yeah, I agree. It shall come to pass. And it shall come to pass in my life, right? Are, are we going to be those kind of people? Or are we going to just let's, let it be somebody else? Put it off for another day. It says, it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. We, we have a lot to see, don't we? Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. That's, that is, that is a, a, a heavenly utterance. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. I'm going to take it, right? Your old men shall dream dreams. That's for somebody else. On my men's servants, I'm kidding, I'll take it all, right? On my men's servants and my maid servants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I'll show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth below or beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned in the darkness and the moon in the blood before the, the great, uh, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And whoever shall call on the, uh, uh, who, and whoever, uh, and it shall come to pass, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I know some of those verses will be like, I don't know if I like that, blood and vapor and, and fire and vapor of smoke, sun being tar turned into darkness. What does that mean? I don't know. But I do know this, it's good if it's from God. You know, sun being turned into darkness could just be another one of those moments where he shows up and he's brighter than the sun and the sun don't seem to be that bright anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You ever been somewhere we had a bright light on you? I remember several years ago, we were out in uh, Alexandria and, uh, for, in, in Louisiana at the Hankins and Church and, and uh, we were outside doing something and Mark Hankins uh, pulled up and he had it in his truck and he had lights on, you know, and the floodlights out there and, and it was bright to see. But Mark Hankins pulled up in his truck and he had all of these lights. I know I like lights. And so he was showing off his lights. And so he had these bar lights on his truck and he turned them all on. It was almost brighter than the noonday sun, right? And the brightness that I saw before was gone at that moment. It paled in comparison. Maybe God's showing up. It could be this verse right here. There'll be more of these instances where he shows up and it's like the sun has turned into darkness. Right? But the reality is if we're not open to these things or expecting these things, if we're satisfied with what we've always known, how will we know anything else? If we're satisfied with what we've always known, how will we know everything else? Now, there's a part of being satisfied with where you are. There's a part of being satisfied with where you are, but there's also a part of pressing forward and moving on, right? Uh, uh, you can go with me over to uh, Philippians, the third chapter. One of the things that wants to come against uh, our, our uh, uh, knowing him in a greater way is this issue of complacency. In Philippians, the third chapter, 
And I've got just a few things here that we'll talk about. But in Philippians chapter 3, uh, it says in the 12th verse, it says, Not that I've already attained or, or have become perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. What are some things that God has laid hold of us for? What are some things he's laid hold of us for? I'll say one of the reasons why he has laid hold of us, he wants to show his goodness through us and show who he is in our lives as a representation of who he is. He wants to use us to be his billboard. This is something that he has laid hold of us about to show himself strong in our life and through us to show him and to show his goodness. He said, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind. And if, any, and if anything you think otherwise, God will, will reveal even this to you. But maturity is part of pressing on, pressing forward for something more. Desiring more. Are you desiring more from God? Are you happy with where you are? Now, people say more, and I appreciate the mores, but the reality is in how we live, in our pursuits, right, that really tells what's on our heart to do. And I'm not discounting those who said more. Praying God, no, I'm not saying that again. No, you can speak up, right? But, but what I'm saying is a lot of times people say amen to things, but it's just an amen out of their head, but not really coming from their heart. There's no commitment attached to what they're saying. There's no, they're not personally involved in what they're saying. I mean, it's dangerous just to be religious on things. I'm not saying y'all were doing that, but I mean, we, we've all been there, right? It's dangerous to just get into the routine of doing things. You know, it's important we not treat God as ordinary. Complacency, treating him as Ordinary. You know, I remember in the Bible reading I was reading a while back and he had the account when, when they were bringing the ark back and, and they sent out people to grab, go take the ark, you know, and, and they were carrying the ark and, and the ark began to stumble and, and what did they do? Somebody reached up and grabbed it and, and they fell dead. And of course, it, it kind of scared David a little bit and he said, don't bring it here, bring it to somebody else's house. I don't want, I, I love him, but I don't want that in the house, you know. And so then God began to deal with him. He said, listen, let's go bring the ark back into the temple. Let's, let's go ahead and bring it back to us. He said, but, but send the Levites to do it. Let's do it according to the way God said to do in the beginning. It's, and he went and got it, and it was a great blessing to them. What is the difference? The one was treating things as, as the ark, the presence of God. That's where the presence of God was kept then, treating it as ordinary or treating it as precious, right? Well, why do I have to do all of that? Why do I have to do things this way? Is it ordinary or is it precious? Why do we have to send the Levites? Why do, why, why do we have to do it this way? Well, is it ordinary or is it precious? Yeah? Complacency is such a big issue in our lives, amen? Another thing is hardness of heart, not, not becoming hardness of heart. And go to Proverbs, the fourth chapter. Is this all right? Is this all right for y'all tonight? Proverbs chapter four. <laughs> Lord, help me. Proverbs chapter four. We ought to all be continually open, open to the Lord making adjustments in our life. Hardness of heart is an area that we have to watch against. In the, in the 20th verse, we know these verses, Proverbs 4, 20, it says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. I mean, we ought to value God's word. But he goes on with another thought here. He says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Now it's tied to our, our love for God's word and reverencing God's word, but, but it is a separate thing that we've got to give attention to is protecting our hearts. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. I, I, a couple weeks ago, pastor said this, and, um, and this one could definitely get in a place where I've just got things written down, but... Pastor had this prophecy a couple weeks ago for um, uh, on a Sunday night a couple weeks ago. I called this week when we were in Gatlinburg. I texted Steve and asked him if he could uh, have this uh, written down. So he uh, gave it to Kendra to do. Thank you, Kendra. <laughs> 
He said, young people, college age and teenagers, what about your life? What about your plans? It's not entirely up to you. Let God have his part. Let God direct your paths. Put him first. Seek, him, seek his will above everything else. Be ready to lay your all down. Whatever you thought your future might hold or whatever you'd like to see, be willing to lay it or lay all of that aside and follow him with all of your heart because his best is best. His best is best by far. Glory to God. You know, when he said that a couple weeks ago, it, it kind of went off on the inside of me. That young people, college age and teenagers, now, now I'm the youth pastor, so I work with teenagers all the time. Y'all do know that, right? But you know, there's something I've noticed about working with teenagers that uh, and young people, they're in a place in their life where they're making adjustments. And, and there, there's a part of being young. Now, now, in case somebody gets upset, I'm almost 45 years old. So I'm in the boat of, of not teenager anymore. So I'll be 45 in a couple months, you know. It's funny, we were in Gatlinburg. Randy had me, uh, Brother Randy had me stand up in one of the meetings. He, he was talking about youth camp or something and, uh, and, and about having an effect because they have a camp they do and so having an effect on people's lives and he says you know people were in youth camp now they're in ministry you know brother Greg pastor Greg stand up and he said isn't he I think he said any pretty or something you know trying to embarrass me and uh, he said he went to youth camp now he's in ministry and, and and one of the other guys afterward was like I said when he said that I thought you were like a like 20 years old or something he said you're not I said no I'm not I, <laughs> I said yeah I, went, I was in youth camp almost 30 years ago as a teenager thanks Randy but um I've, I, you know, doing youth ministry, you're in a place in life where you're, 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 you're open to making changes. Can I just say something and without y'all getting offended at me? Can I just say something with y'all not getting offended at me? Can I have everybody give me a promise? Everybody hold up your right hand and say, I will not. Some of y'all not raising your right hand. All right, Laura. I saw that, Laura. All right. She's always been a problem. I've known her a long time. Spirit of rebellion in her. <laughs> I've noticed, now I've been, I've been, I've done youth ministry. I was thinking the other day, I've done youth ministry for over 20 years. I'm like the old man of youth ministry at this point, right? Most people do like two or three years and they're done, right? And Because y'all drive them crazy. But, um, so I'm like, I've done this a long time, but I've been involved in, involved in ministry since we went to Raymond. I was five years old, you know, and, and, and uh, so I've seen a lot. I'm kind of like, all state, you know, we, or, or what farmers, we, you know, we, what does the commercial say? Huh? Seen a lot, covered a lot or something. I don't know what I've seen a lot, right? I've noticed that there is a difference on the things you can say to young people and things you can say to more mature people. How you know there ought not be a difference? Now we're talking about things that you, we ought to treat everybody with respect. So I'm not saying you can be mean to a teenager how many know that does happen because people are young, they think they can be abusive to them? How many know that's not right? You ought to treat everybody with respect, right? And, and, but you, you, still, you still should do the right thing. I'm just saying about just being a jerk. We ought not just be jerks because people are young and you shouldn't be jerks because people are old, right? But when it comes to certain things you can talk, I've noticed that there are things you can say to younger people because they're in a place of making adjustments in their life that adults, you just can't say to them because they, they, well, don't talk to me about that. That's none of your business. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm giving you the crazy eyes because some of you, I know, right? We've all been there. I, I've heard people say, well, I, I'm, I'm such and such age and so I'm going to do what I want to do. That is a bad attitude. We're talking about what God has for us and knowing him and experiencing him more. Can that attitude and approach keep us out of experiencing who God really is? Can it? <laughs> Are y'all offended at me? No, I know. You haven't said, you haven't called me out yet. I'm getting to it. No, I won't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we're like, I'm out of here. Uh, just Laura. It ought not be that way where, where certain people are okay. Now, now, what the Lord said was directed to them. But how many know a lot of times God doesn't speak to us about areas because we're not open to hearing in certain areas? If, the, if God has not been speaking to you personally about things in your life, it's not because you don't have things in your life that need changing. 
I, I know that might be a shock to you, but I would, I would dare say that most of us here have areas in our life that need, a, I know it's crazy, but most of us have areas in our life that need adjusting. If God's not talking to you, it's not because there's not areas, it's because we're not open to hearing it. Come on, it's the truth. It's not okay to say to teenagers and young people, be willing to, be willing to lay it all on the line. What you thought your future looked like, you, you, need to, you need to be open to being something else. Listen, no matter how old you are, you might have thought your 50s would look a certain way. You need to be open for it looking a different way. Are you listening to me? This is a part of being hardened, our hearts becoming hardened to what God wants to do. This attitude is what got the children of Israel in trouble. They weren't willing to adjust to what God said. He had things he wanted it done. Well, why? He's God. It's his business, right? Why did he want only the Levites carrying the ark? I don't know, but I ain't touching it, right? You understand what I'm saying? There are certain things we don't have the, it's not ours to question, right? But if we are in a place where we become sensitive or you can't talk to me about certain things, God will be quiet and you will miss out. Like I said, the things that I read earlier, these are not just stories, encounters with God. These weren't just stories or things for us to say, oh, wasn't that great? This were, these were things written and recorded for our benefit to inspire us to keep moving forward. God knew a day was coming where the church, where people who knew him would grow kind of lethargic in things. And so these things were written for our benefit to stir us up. We've got to be willing to be stirred. If we want to be thick and unstirable, he won't stir us up. It's the truth. Your 50s may look different than what, God, what you thought it would be. Maybe your 40s look different than the way God wanted it to be. Right? What's your point? We need to be open to what God says. Well, I'm open to God, but not nobody else. Well, God speaks through people. <laughs> I said, God speaks through people. I've had people before tell me, well, I was praying. I said, Lord, if you, if you need to let me know something or about this issue, let me know. And he didn't say anything. I'm like, hello. <laughs> right. We not need not be hardened in heart. Something in Matthew chapter 11, I'm going to read it to you because uh, it's 8.03, but Matthew chapter 11, and said, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that, these, these, that, you, that you have hidden these things. What things? The things of the kingdom of God. You've hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them to babes. If we're not making a connection in an area, right, it might be because we think we already know what the connection is. Or we think we know how it works. We're, we're wise in our own. We could be missing out because of our own wisdom. But he said he's revealed them to babes. The New Living says, uh, at the time Jesus prayed this prayer, Oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from the, those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Revealing them to the childlike. It's important that we stay open to what God's doing. It's important that we stay open to what God's saying. It's so important that we stay open. I, 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 don't even, I don't remember when I got born again. I was so little. I remember I got filled with the Spirit at five years old, sitting on the, I believe it was a brown couch. Everything was brown in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> in the early, late 70s, early 80s, brown and that pea green color, yellow, whatever that was. It was like mashed up peas. It was terrible, but... Um, how many remember those days? Oh, what a horrible time. But anyway, uh, I got filled with the spirit five years old sitting on the couch of the downstairs of the apartment. It was, it was oh, my memory's good, y'all. It was, pastor thought it was purple. What's wrong with you? It was brown. All right, so. <laughs> pastor Angela, her, she knows everything. So it was definitely brown. But I remember then pastor coming home and, and getting me and Steve together sitting on the couch and and explaining the baptism of the Holy Spirit to us. And I remember getting filled with the Holy Spirit at, at, the, at the age of five, speaking in other tongues. So, you know, I, 
I can look back and say, you know, I've seen a few things, I know a few things, but that attitude, being clever in my wise in my own eyes, can keep me from going where God wants me to be. He can keep me from experiencing more. You know, there is a danger for, to, to, you know, there's a danger in going to a church that doesn't teach the word. You never know anything. That's obvious, right? If there's nothing ever taught, there's nothing that is ever learned. You can't grow, right? Without, without, without actually the word being spoken, we, we just remain ignorant. And ignorance isn't bliss. Ignorance is just ignorance. But then there's also a danger of going somewhere where the word is taught. You can get to a place where you think you know a lot and get confident. Your confidence begins to grow in what you know more so than the God that you know. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference. That you've heard a lot of messages. On, you can hear a lot of messages on faith and not know how to use your faith. You can hear a lot of messages on a lot of different things and hear them and mentally know the steps, but, but because your, your, your trust is in what you've heard and what you know, you can miss out on the benefit of that truth, what it's supposed to bring in your life. We, 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 we've got to make sure that, that our hearts remain open. Go with me over to 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy the 4th chapter. 2 Timothy chapter 4. In the third verse, it says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. This is speaking about the church. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they turn their ears away from the truth and, and, and be turned aside to fables. But you, be watchful in all these things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. He said, but you be watchful in all things. What is this describing? It's describing to come into a place where you want to you hear what you want to hear. You want God to talk to you about the things you want to. You have pet things you like to talk about. You like to hear certain things and you don't like hearing other things. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And it's a dangerous place to be because you can begin to harden your heart off to the truth of God's word. All of these things work together. All of these different subjects work together. They're not just isolated. They're tied and joined together. And you, without... Without submission, you can't understand the subject of faith, right? Without these different things, these other areas of our life, without, without one you can't, confession, you can't understand healing. Without this issue, this thing, you can't understand the picture because they're all tied together. And if we get to the place where we're looking for just certain things, we can miss out on what God has for us. We have to be open, remain open to what God wants to say. And then the last thing is a lack of action. Pastor's been talking about that, the things he read, you know, the five things for church is to be a doer of what you heard. Quick to respond, quick to put in action things that God has laid on your heart. Until we walk out what we've already heard, we won't be able to hear or walk out anything greater. Until we walk out what we've already heard, we won't be able to hear or walk out anything greater. Until we walk in the light we have, we won't have other light. Right? We're talking about growing in our experiences and our, and our, our, our personal encounters with God. And because when, when you're with him, you be, how many of you realize you, you become more like who you're with? Some say, well, what's the big deal about having encounters with God? Because when, the more time you spend with him, the more you are around him, the more you start talking like him, thinking like him, look like him. It affects you. I think people, when they've been married, for the more they're married, the more they look alike physically. Sorry, Amy. I mean, you know, I think they start looking like each other more and more all the time. Have you ever noticed that before? Well, when we spend more time with Jesus, we start looking more like him. And we don't want to look like a word-only Jesus. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm talking about paper and ink Jesus, but an actual revealed Jesus. There's a difference. We'll begin to look more like him. I'm going to end here in just a second, but I read this today and got this out of Brother Hagin's book, Following God's Plan for Your Life. And this was on page 48, 47 and 48. If you've not read this recently, I encourage you to do so. Awesome book. It was written in 1993, and I probably read it 1,993 times. But uh, it's a great book. It says, there seems to be a lack of deep consecration to do God's will among some Christians today. So there seems to be a lack of deep consecration to do God's will among some Christians today. Now, he was writing this in 1993, but would you agree there seems to be a lack as a whole, right? 
we probably all have had a lack of, of deep consecration times in our own life, right? What is deep consecration? It's doing what, we're talking about putting action to things and, and applying things in our life. Deep consecration is not just doing things when it's convenient, right? But doing it because it's the right thing to do, right? Because it's, it's in the details. It's in the details. We don't have time, but I was reading uh, a while back in, in uh, 1 Samuel, the account of, of Saul, when, when God began to, to mourn and, 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 and was sorrowful for ever having called Saul. Remember that? He was, he was sorrowful. What happened in the time before that? What, what caused God to do this? He gave Saul strict commands to go out and, and wipe out all of the people, all of, all of the, everybody there, the Amalekites or whoever it was, wipe them all out, every single thing. And Saul kept a portion for himself. Y'all remember that? He kept a portion for himself. And God was angry. He was sorrowful. He did, Saul did most of it, but he kept some of it back for himself. That's the difference between consecration and deep consecration. I'll do some things, but not everything. I'll do a certain direction. But, but then at some point, Saul, whenever uh, um, uh, uh, Samuel went to Saul about it, he said, listen, I held it back. I held the best stuff back so we could sacrifice it to the Lord. I got you, God. I got a good one, right? And how I many know God was not pleased with that? He removed his anointing, his hand from Saul, and called another because of that. What's your point? Well, it's because it, it's deep consecration to do what he tells us to do. Not just on the surface what's convenient or what we think is good, but actually to do everything that he tells us to do. How I many know if, if they had, this was Israel's problem all along. Not obeying God, not obeying God, and don't take any of those people, you know, get rid of all those people, and yet they married them. Right? It led them into captivity. We don't always need to know why, we just need to obey, right? There seems to be a lack of deep consecration to do God's will among some Christians today. Recently, I was thinking about the difference between my experience in full gospel circles 50 years ago and today. As I compared full gospel believers then and now, I realized there wasn't nearly as much sickness among spirit-filled Christians 50 years ago as there is today. I remember the great manifestations of the Holy Spirit we used to experience in our meetings. The move of the Holy Ghost was, such, so, was also so much greater and more consistent demonstration back then than it is today. As I was thinking about this, the Spirit of God said to my spirit, yes, and the consecration of my people was greater too. He said, let that soak in. Whether we choose to consecrate ourselves to obey God or choose not to obey God, it affects every other area of our lives as well. I'm thoroughly convinced of the truth of what God said to me. The consecration of believers was much deeper 50 years ago than it is today. Believers' appreciation and reverence for the things of God and the move of the Holy Spirit was much deeper too. And as a result, God honored that depth of consecration and reverence by giving his people great manifestations of the Holy Ghost. It's important. It's important. I just want to stir you up. There's things God wants to do. And, and we've got a great church, but we, we can move forward in some things. This morning, uh, 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 this afternoon, Pastor asked me if I would speak tonight. I already knew he was going to. Had a busy day planned, but I knew he was going to ask me to do it. And, and, and uh, so this morning as we were in service, I saw us all, uh, people coming up who want to just rededicate themselves to pursuing and going after everything God has for them. doesn't mean that you're, you're, you're backslidden or that you're falling behind, but just making a fresh commitment to follow God. I mean, that's a good thing for us to do on a daily basis. And as we were up here at the end of service, I saw us, whoever that's playing the piano, Mike, you can come on up. He's going to play something amazingly beautiful and spiritual. Get the presence of God. The presence of God's already here. But if you just want to make a fresh commitment to do what God's called you to do, to not be satisfied with where you've been, but, but desiring to have more and not willing to, 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 to sacrifice what God wants to do, but want everything he has, no matter what it costs. I just want to invite you to come up. We're just going to pray together for a minute. You can all get together. You don't have to get in a line or anything.
give a second for everybody to get up here. Now, you know, we can just do things just to do them. And, and, and it uh, wasn't a great, everybody came down and said they're going to commit. How I many know the real thing God sees is our heart? I mean, you know, I've done this a long time and people do things on the outside, but it's really, it, it's, it, this is a representation of a decision you're making on the inside, afresh and anew, right? To really pursue him and to go after everything he has for you. I guarantee you, if you do this, he'll begin to, he'll, he'll start speaking to you about things, begin to show you things, begin to, to lead you, guide you, direct you. He'll start talking to you. He's, he'll start showing up in your life. But as a church, as a, as a group, he'll start showing up in our presence with us more often. I just invite you to close your eyes tonight. And Father, we thank you. If you need to pray quietly yourself and make some commitments to some things, you can go ahead and do that. But Father, I thank you for these people here tonight, Lord. Our church, Father, Impact Family Church, those you've called here. Father, tonight we make a commitment to follow you, to pursue you afresh and anew. Father, I thank you that for what you've shown us in the past, the things you've done in the past, how good you've been to us. You have been good to us. But Father, we, can, we, we once again make a commitment to pursue you and to, to remain uh, hungry for more of you and to continue to, to look for you to show up and, and to pursue you in our lives and in our church. Father, we make a commitment to be simple and childlike in our approach and open-hearted to you. Father, thank you for every person who's making a, a, a real commitment in their life. Father, thank you for responding to that. Responding to that commitment and beginning to speak to them. And Father, as we walk those things out, Lord, I know you are faithful. You said if we'll seek you, we will find you. You said if we'll turn our hearts towards you, that we will find you. And so Lord, I thank you that you are revealing yourself to this church in our lives personally, but as a church, Father, you're taking us where you want us to be. Father, we thank you for it. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.